Well, boys and girls, I am so, so excited that you guys are here and we have this time to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Now, did you know that something significant happened 107 years ago today? I'll help you do the math. 1914. In the year 1914, something so significant happened that it has not happened again since. It was right in the heart of World War I. A war is raging all across the European fronts. And on Christmas Eve, a Christmas truce was called, where both sides declared together that they would stop. And what happened was, they met in the middle. For one day, war came to a close. And the Germans and the British, they met in no man's land. Bullets stopped flying. The people no longer, these soldiers stopped fighting. They stopped everything that they were doing for one day. And they took some time to meet in the middle. Many of them shook hands, swapped stories. And as you can see on the screen, a soccer game even broke out right in the middle of where bullets were flying the day before. And here we are in a day like today, where by God's grace, we're not in the middle of a war, but just like they were back then, they were weary and exhausted. We too are weary and exhausted. We're tired and exhausted from a pandemic and politics. We are weary from social media and social tension. We're many depressed and full of fear and anxiety. Many of you sometimes will medicate yourself just to try to get through the day because the anxiety is so significant and you feel so overwhelmed. Sometimes it feels like you're in the middle of a nightmare and you just can't wake up. We are a world that is weary. But there's nights like tonight in which a weary world rejoices. We celebrate. We press pause on the chaos of life and we remember something significant that happened 2,000 years ago. And it's the celebration of a birthday. A birthday celebration that is so significant that it stops wars and it stops the hustle and bustle of our lives. It's so significant that it brings us to a moment of pause to celebrate this birthday of a king. A king who left the glory and the perfection of heaven and entered into our sin-sick world. A king who so loved the world that he forfeited his rights and he left his throne to come and be with us. The one who is rich became poor so that we who are poor might become rich. It's a celebration that God himself has come and taken on flesh to identify with you and identify with me so that through this baby, through this newborn king, we can enter into a right relationship with God. You see, this Christmas, a weary world rejoices because the king has come for us. And what we see in Luke chapter 2 is not only the celebration of the birth of Christ, although we see that. We see Mary and Joseph make the 70-mile trip from Nazareth all the way down to Bethlehem. 
We see these angels that are appearing to the shepherds out in the field. We see the shepherds make a beeline into Bethlehem to meet this newborn king. But we're also introduced to a man and a woman who are old. They're later on in life. For years, they have been waiting, anticipating, hoping that one day they would see the Messiah, that the king would finally come on their watch. The man whose name is Simeon, a man who's been longing and waiting to fix his eyes upon this Messiah. He was promised by the Holy Spirit that he would get to see this newborn king. God made a promise to him that he, before he died, would get a chance to see this Messiah. And as he's in Jerusalem, one day he's gathering with God's people, he's praying. And then out of nowhere, this man and this teenage girl holding a baby walk up on the scene and he locks eyes upon this child and he's overwhelmed because he realizes what he finally sees and here is what Simeon says he took up the baby Jesus in his arms and he praised God and he said now master you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised my eyes have seen your salvation you have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. Simeon saw Jesus and his heart rejoiced. He was basking in this moment. It was a spike of the football. He had finally gotten to see the one he was longing to see. You see, for thousands of years, the Jews had been longing and waiting for their king to come. They'd been anticipating one who would deliver them. They had Moses. He was a deliverer who came, but he wasn't the true and ultimate deliverer. They had uh, a warrior like Joshua, but he was not the true and ultimate warrior. They had judges that would come and lead them, but they were not the perfect saviors that they were hoping to hopefully, ultimately find. They had all these kings, Solomon and David and Saul and so many others. But none of those kings were the kings that were the true ultimate king. And so finally Simeon, he looks across the colonnade. He sees what's happening in the temple. He sees this child and he rejoices. He basks in the significance of this moment. Because finally the true deliverer has come. The true savior has come. The true and ultimate warrior has come. The true and ultimate king has finally come. And he's standing in the temple and he's holding this Christ child and he is boasting in the Lord. What God has done, he has sent his son, his king, ultimately to come to be with his people. This is no ordinary baby. The birth of this baby stops wars. And it stops us in our tracks. He is the promised Messiah. And as he looks upon this child, he begins to speak these words over this child. He's the one who's going to rescue the people from their sin. He's the light for the Gentiles. He's the one who's come to be the glory of Israel. And Mary and Joseph, the text says, are shocked. They are stunned. It's hard enough being a newborn parent. 
Uh, we had some families here recently and they were out in the atrium during the service and I slipped out there and they were holding newborn babies because they weren't quite ready to put them in the nursery and didn't want to quite bring them in here yet. And I looked at the mamas and they had bags under their eyes and they just, they just had this look of, I'm so glad to be here, but I'm so tired. And I'm like, oh my goodness, do I remember those days for sure? Here's Mary and Joseph, exhausted from a 70-mile, five-day trip. Mary's given birth, which in and of itself is significant. She's had these shepherds come, these angels who have told them the message about her son. And now she, here she is in the temple, and this old man whom she does not know comes up and grabs her child. And he begins to speak words of life over her son, and she is amazed. You see, this baby is salvation. This baby is the ultimate rescue that all of mankind needs. That you and I need a great Savior who can save us from our sinful ways. And Jesus is that perfect Savior. He is the one who came at the perfect time in the perfect way to rescue you and I from sin. But you see, Simeon also had some bad news to share with them as well. Because he would begin to describe the pain that Mary would feel after he speaks these words of affirmation and the significance of this child, Simeon blessed them. But then he told Mary, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed and a sword will pierce your own soul that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. What's he talking about? Simeon is preparing Mary for the cross because it would be on Mount Calvary that her baby boy would be stretched out and he would be stapled to a tree. Jesus would be crucified. She would watch her beloved son and her beloved savior die a gruesome, horrible, terrible death. And yet that is the means through which salvation would come to the world. You see, we gather every Christmas not just to peer into a cradle, into a manger. We gather to stare at the cross because ultimately Jesus came not just to be born, but to die and to give his life as a ransom for many. You may be gathering here tonight and your life is broken. It's full of sin and selfishness. Behind you is a path of shame and foolish decisions. The beauty of the gospel is that God knows and still loves you. God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You are so loved by God that he knows your broken condition and he sends his son to go and die in your place. Christmas is a time of the celebration, not only of the birth, but of the cross. Because Jesus came for broken people like me and broken people like you. And he offers through his bloody cross a way for you and I to be forgiven of all sin. To be made right in a holy relationship with God through Christ. And you know the best news of all? We'll celebrate this here in about three or four months. He didn't stay dead. This Savior who was born on Christmas Day wasn't just the one who bled and died, and that's the end. Oh, no. 
For on the third day, he comes back to life and Jesus defeated death. He overcame the grave and so too will all who trust in him. That's the gospel that we rally around is this newborn king who grows up and lives a perfect sinless life that you and I couldn't live. And he dies the death that we deserved. And he gladly chooses the nails. He gladly dies in our place. Not because we're good, it's because we're dead outside of Christ. And you are so loved by God that he has made a way through his cross for you to come directly back to him. That he's a God of mercy and grace. A God of love who loves you so much that Jesus offers you eternal life through turning from your sin and trusting in him. The Bible calls it repentance. We turn from our old way of life and we trust in Christ. We believe the gospel. Question, have you believed the gospel? Have you surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? I'm not saying have you gone to church. I'm not saying have you gotten baptized. I'm not saying do you do good things. None of those things can save you on the last day. What you need is the Lord Jesus. He will save you. And if you don't know him, you can right now. That for all who call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. That if even today, right where you're seated, at home, at grandma's house, or right here in this room, if you say, I'm ready to turn from my sin and trust in you, Christ, my heart is yours, he will receive you. That's the amazing grace. That's the hope of the gospel. And that's why this newborn king came for us. He came for you. You see, his birth it stops wars and his birth stops our very lives and causes a weary world to rejoice because the gospel is true. He is the king and he came 